0: Touchdown! Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on 4th and 1.
1: So, you know, as with that time, George. Welcome to 4th and 1. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, 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 it was an unconventional game, um, but the Kansas City Chiefs got it done uh, in some cold weather. Snapped the curse of the Cincinnati Bengals um, and uh, are heading to their third Super Bowl in four years. Uh, after a 23 20 win Sunday at Airhead Stadium, first of all, I got to give a shout out to the fans because there were a lot of Bengals fans there, um, but they they really drowned out um, the the Chiefs' kingdom. Really drowned them out, and I'm telling you, man, when the walk from the car back to, or sorry, from the stadium back to my car after the game was absolutely frigid. Um, like it, the wind was whipping. Uh, I mean, it took like 30 minutes after I got home. Uh, to get some feeling back in my toes. So salute to everybody who was out there. The, the atmosphere was great. Um, you wouldn't have known that, uh, you know, it was single-digit uh, wind chills out there, um, you know, with, with the noise they were making. And, and the players, by and large, said that, it, you know, that it made a difference. But um, I don't know about you. Um, um, I was very impressed with what Patrick Mahomes was able to do uh, given the circumstances, but I was equally impass- impressed by the pass rush. Which which do you think was a bigger factor? The tone the pass rush was able to set right off the bat or just the, the grit Mahomes showed throughout the game?
0: I would say the biggest one's obviously the pass rush because as we talked about in the previous podcast, the magic number was five sacks because Burrow was 0 and 3 the previous uh, three times that that happened this year. Did they and get so- that? They did. Chris Jones did in the final minute there in the fourth quarter to get to five. Five, yeah. five sacks
1: on Burrow. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, so I was sitting next to sports director Mick Schaefer. Um, and the Chiefs look, They there were a lot of wasted opportunities, right? Like Jalen Watson gets the pick late uh, in the second quarter. Um, and then they had three straight incompletions end and ended up punting before the 2 minute warning give up a 90 yard drive so instead of it maybe being 16-3 at halftime it's 13-6 um, then they don't then they you know they don't do anything with the second half kickoff uh, there's another interception later in the game where they didn't didn't do anything with it i mean it, it did definitely had a feeling like a game where the chiefs had largely been in control uh, but then missed some opportunities when the bengal's gave it to them and, and just let them keep hanging around but i remember um, you know, cause Mick kept saying, Oh, it just feels like, just feels like last year, just feels like last year. And I remember they'd already gone downstairs by this point, but when Chris Jones got that sack, uh, there in the fourth quarter, um, I remember thinking, well, that's not like last year, <laughs> you know, he finished that one off. And, uh, and then look, I mean, I think there was a theme this week about redemption, at least from the, the chief's point of view, having lost those three games. And then, um, that last thirty seconds was was about redemption. I mean, it was about Sky Moore with the twenty nine yard punt return uh, to get him to midfield. Um, you know, Mahomes with the scramble. Uh, not really redemption there, but then Butker had a tough season hitting that forty five yarder into the wind. Um, you know, to to you know essentially win it there with three seconds left. Um, uh, it, I thought it was an impressive win all the way around. With the in terms of the the metal the Chiefs showed, um, when you consider that, you know Kadarius Tony, McCall Hardman Jr., and Juju Smith-Schuster all went down. Uh, Legarius Sneed went down on the first drive, uh, for that defense. I mean, uh, there was a lot working against the Chiefs, but uh, they found a way.
0: Yeah, I mean the first point that I'll start out with is Steve Spagnuolo and did a good job um, confusing. Joe Burrow. There was some looks that they were given, some rotations they were making that he was struggling with, and it helped lead to some inaccurate passes, some inner the couple of interceptions. And uh, also just just the, the pass rush and how they were able to get him protection wise a handful of times there. The Chiefs took advantage of them having three starters out along the offensive line and it went a long way to kind of setting the tempo early in that regard. I think where the Chiefs struggled. Offensively as I think they were expecting to have better success against BJ Hill and DJ reader in, in interior wise. And I think also part of it was probably Mahomes ankle, if I'm making an assumption. Some of the stretch runs that they would do and some of those uh, and some of that where they'd kind of stretch the defense out a little bit more and attack attack more off tackle. I don't know if they wanted to kind of put Mahomes ankle through that on a regular basis this game and i think they kind of steered clear of that cuz i think that's where they would have had more success instead of trying to run in the interior and i'm not knocking them on it if that's what it, you know if that's what they have to sacrifice to get to a super bowl and to keep patrick mahomes as healthy as possible in a super bowl like i mean i'm not i'm not going to knock them on that part of it but like you said there with uh, with yeah i mean there with 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 what Mick felt like there i, I probably felt the same way that i actually i know i felt the same way at that time um, because yeah, when Mahomes had that ball slip out of his hand, like, man, that reminded that that had flashbacks to the Kelsey from earlier this year, all over again, you're like, dude, like that one in a million times that that's going to happen. And, and it happens, of course, in a chiefs playoff game. And you're like, boy, man, I don't know. Is this going to turn the tide like it did? And they went down and scored. And then you're like, oh boy. And then that fourth and six that they were really aggressive on, like, you know, there's just this little in- nuances and little instances where you're just like. You're like yo, yeah, oh man, here, here it is. But I mean, look, i mean in the grand scheme of it. I mean, there were a lot of players when injuries were happening, like you're talking about, that really, really stepped up. All the rookies stepped up in their own ways, and you know, and and made some really key contributions throughout that game. Offensive line stepped up there as long as they could until the Bengals started bringing some of the blitzes and trying to make them guess a lot more than what they did. And the crazy thing is, from watching the game, I honestly think Patrick Mahomes, a, a healthy Patrick Mahomes, I, I think they, they might have scored on every drive if if he was healthy because not being able to have that um, that ability to, to move around in the pocket and take off running a handful of times and all that type of stuff, all those aspects of it I think really kind of limited what the offense could do, and they played within the structure that they had available to them and the framework that they could. With his ankle and what he could, what he felt comfortable with, and everything. So, I mean, still, it was, it was a. I mean, like you said, with with how cold the temperatures were out there, how frigid, as you say, it was. Imagine playing out in that game for you know for four quarters. I mean, the, and some of the, some of those injuries that happened were because of how hard those hits are against that type of cold. So, I mean, you know, there's that aspect to it too that wasn't wasn't lost on me personally.
1: Well, and I, you know, Kadarius Tony looked like he kind of tripped and then and then dug his foot in awkwardly. McCole um, Hardman got bent over, um, but I thought it, you know, he was effective before that. Um, Andy seemed to indicate that Juju re-injured his knee, and he was limping pretty good uh, coming off the field for the ceremony when he headed to the locker room after the game. Good news is they got two weeks uh, to get ready. Uh, before they've got to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are already dubbing it the Kelsey Bowl. I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, look, Andy Reid has, you know, coached more than a decade at, at for both franchise. I think you've got to include uh, Reid in there somewhere, um, you know, whether, you know, barbecue versus cheesesteak bowl, something like that. But one thing I don't want to get lost is – you know, we all thought that the Chiefs were going to have to establish the run, right, and and do something. They had 20 carries for 42 yards. Um, they they weren't able to get Jarek McKinnon involved, um, you know, in the offense. You know, uh, he I mean, that's not to say he didn't have an impact. Right. He did it in pass protection. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he he did have a couple receptions for 17 yards. Uh, my, my thing, with, uh, I think it was the first or second quarter. Uh, you know, he stonewalled Logan Blitz. Uh, sorry. Logan Wilson on a delayed blitz, um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the All 22 uh, when it's available later this week. But Mahomes went out and completed 29 of 43 for 326 yards with two touchdowns, um, and he looked like the far superior quarterback in this one. I was really worried that you know back a month ago, month and a half ago in that game in in, in Cincinnati. Uh, And some of the guys alluded to it this week. Joe Burrow looked almost flawless. That offense was humming. Um, And I I think that the Chiefs rattled him early. Give credit to Frank Clark. Uh, Well, Mike Dana collapsed in the pocket and Frank Clark finishing him off early. I think that that set the tone and got into Joe Burrow's head early that, hey, the offensive line might struggle. And, hey, um, you know, but he didn't, he'd, he'd never really looked completely comfortable um reading the the you know reading the defense um and, and seeing the field um you know there were a couple breakdowns don't get me wrong i mean the 3rd and 16 to Hayden Hurst there in the 4th quarter when it looked like the chiefs were playing sticks coverage but the there you know there were three guys who were all you know 2 yards too deep and and gave up the conversion i mean the chiefs didn't they made mistakes but um I mean, like th- th- this was like the flu game, you know, Michael Jordan's flu game. I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes hobbled as he was no, no run game to help him, um, you know, and, and he just had to go out there and, you know, uh, and, and show what he was made of and, and boy, did he ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, a part, part of it is it, from a Mahomes perspective. I mean, look, there's, there's two guys, obviously, I mean, there's a handful of guys, but I mean, Mahomes gritting through what he had to in that regard, you know. I mean, that was that was key aspect of it. McKinnon and some of the tight ends, the way they would help Chip and kind of hang out there to help out Orlando Brown, or if they needed to occasionally help Wiley, they were doing that and helping kind of sacrifice a route that they could use down and, and kind of be more of a release and check down in that regard. So, I mean, the Chiefs were, the Chiefs sacrificed when they had to. in in terms of the overall scheme and what they were doing so I mean it wasn't going to be pretty wasn't going to be amazing but at the end of the day Mahomes and uh Valdez Scantling finally got on the same page and I mean it it was the perfect time for them to be on the same page with how many injuries there were and what was going on and I mean they they had themselves quite quite a day and you know Valdez Scantling's not out there the Chiefs don't uh, the Chiefs don't win that game like there's you know, there's not, it may not win that game just simply because of that. But yeah, it did. And, I, and just the amount of injuries they had at receiver, you're, the Chiefs need all of those two weeks to get as many people healthy as possible.
1: Well, and, you know, Justin Watson was inactive because of an illness. Like to think that that'll resolve itself in the next two weeks. Um, you know, but we'll wait and see on, on Tony Hardman and Juju. Um, out of those three, which one would you most want to be healthy for the Super Bowl?
0: Um, Tony would be great, and Juju would be great as well. I mean, those those two you're going to need. Hardman, I, I mean, look, you know, and it, Hardman was out of it when he was on the field. Like he's, you can tell, like he, you can tell he's been gone for months on end because it just, he, he didn't have the feel for it that he that he had whenever he left in that Titans game or he got hurt in that Titans game and he, he didn't have the same vision that he did, did had the hesitancy hesitancy to him that he didn't have before. And so it, it was um, you could tell, like, I mean, he, he was very rusty and you know, that's to be expected given how long he was, uh, how long he was away from it and everything. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here in the coming weeks. I mean, but that, you know, the fact that that, Knee injury had popped, up, you know, popped up. Like I can't remember if it was during camp or early on in the year for Juju, and then for it to kind of pop up again this week, and for him to aggravate it in the game today. That that's something that you kind of monitor and keep, kind of keep you keep tabs on because with him hitting free agency, like that's that's a decision you're gonna have to make in terms of how much you financially want to invest in that more than one year deals if that's gonna be a continuing thing.
1: Yeah, um, you know I think you got to hope Julie Freymeyer can do, uh, uh, you know, the the job that she did on on Patrick's ankle on on Juju Smith Schuster's knee. But I, I do want to give a shout out um, to Rick Bulk, Burkholter and his staff, Julie Freymeyer being one of them. Um, <clears throat> between Mahomes's ankle, and he said, you know, he gave Julie a lot of credit, uh, and then. Uh, Travis Kelsey's back um, you know, that that spasmed a bit there. Um, and he was, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if game time decision is the right way to phrase it, but he was definitely uh very questionable for that game. And lots of other guys banged up, nicked up this time of year. Um, um you know, the the training staff did a great job, you know, keeping keeping those folks around. Um, you know, LeJarius Sneed. That's a listen, that's a big loss for that defense to have you know, their, their most veteran corner go down on the first drive, um, uh, you know, and then essentially you're left with, um, you know, Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie, and and Joshua Williams, three rookies, um, holding it down for most, most of the way uh, from then on. Plus Brian Cook, a, a rookie, you know, safety thrown in the mix there, um, who was called on a lot in coverage. For them to hold up the way that they did, um, you know, Joe Burrow only had 270 yards. Um, the offense uh, only had 309 yards total for the Bengals. Um, it's hard not to be impressed by by the job that that, that the defense did. Um, who 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 do you think stood out the most in your mind, though? Um, I mean, I feel like it's got to be Chris Jones.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chris Jones is the most dominant. Player on either defense at that uh, for that game. I mean he he was getting arguably held the on most, most dominant plays. player
1: on the field. Period.
0: He, he was getting held on most plays. He was getting double teamed, and I mean like he he fought through it and he kept trying to collapse the pocket and group pressure. And he was a man on a mission. And you know it, it was and he needed they need him in the biggest moments possible. He came through when he needed to, and he had a he had a massive game for the national audience to see just how good he he is and where he's at at the, at this point in his career. So that was a massive, uh, a massive game for him to get that next contract. So, I mean, you know, it, uh, it came Uh, at the right time.
1: He, uh, listen, I, I, the, the last sack, I think, you know, Chris Jones has talked about being motivated all off season by, by not getting the, you know, not getting the job done, not finishing last year in the AFC championship game. But I think the sum total of that effort that he put in, you know, and some of it may be driven by one that, that next payday. But the sum total of that effort, combined with Joe Collin's tutelage, I think, came together perfectly um, on that last sack when, um, yeah, he lined up as a, at ta- defensive tackle, and then he ends up bumping outside. Um, and he he talked about um, seeing the play and, and remembering a similar coverage they'd given him earlier in the game and feeling like if he bumped outside on that one, he could get a one-on-one with the tackle or the tight end instead of, instead of taking a double team on the inside. Um, and it worked out. He got the one-on-one he wanted. Uh, he got to Joe Burrow. He got him on the ground this time. And they had to punt and then sky more Patrick Mahomes and – and Harrison Bucker did the rest from there, um, but to me, that 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 just encapsulated the growth he's shown in his season. All you know, all in one. I mean, um, I, I think he's not only grown in terms of intelligence. I think I think last year not getting to the Super Bowl made him hungry again, and that's one of the things that we talked about. Maybe last year they needed guys to be be hungry again. But I think Patrick, with the doubters when it came to Tyreek, I think Chris Jones. Um, you know when he he didn't feel like he finished last year I think some of those guys found an internal hunger that drove them a little bit this year um you know and it all it all came together we'll have time to talk about the Eagles because I think that's a different animal down the road but
0: yeah you got two whole weeks
1: <laughs> but I mean it's hard like this if the secondary can hold up the way that they did and just keep battling I think about Brian Cook. Bang, bang, play on Hayden Hurst. They flag him for defensive pass interference. Um, you know, he he gets beat on that fourth and sixth play to open the fourth quarter you're talking about um, when Joe Burrow just kind of chucked it up, you know, to Jamar Chase. But then there in the fourth quarter when they needed a play, you know, they go to T. Higgins, and this time Brian Cook gets his head around earlier, tips the ball away, Joshua Williams intercepts it. It ends up effectively being like a punt, right? But still, it, I, I think... I think the defense always gets a little bit more geared up when they get a turnover than, than just maybe force a punt there. I think that has a, an impact on on the psyche of the defense and certainly on a rookie like Brian Cook in that situation. Um, you know, I mean, we, we talked about you, you need to see whether these young guys, you know, the battles they went through in the regular season, would it pay off? And I think it did when, in terms of resilience in, in this one. I, the
0: biggest thing I'm excited about for all the rookies that were be that were able to play in this game and be a part of it, I think it opened their eyes to just how different it is, what the intensity level is, why you're playing in those moments, why you're in those moments, what it takes to win those moments and be in be able to get to Super Bowl. I mean, you know, those guys are rookies in the NFL, and guess what? They're doing something that you know. They're doing something in two weeks that some guys that played in the league twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years never got to experience in playing a Super Bowl, and like they're doing it in their rookie year. So they will always be able to say, no matter what, they won an AFC Championship and they got to play in a Super Bowl till the till the end of time. Like they that that's the one thing that they've you know that they got uh, blessed with in that regard. So it'll be really. I'm just glad that they got that experience because I think it'll I think it'll be wonders for all those all those guys next year in terms of how they prepare off season, how they approach games and kind of how they continually raise their level in their game down the road. And that's why that for them to all make the contributions that they did in the AFC championship game in their own ways was like that was that was so huge. And like each one had a piece of it and had a part of it as Coach Reed would say. So I mean, look, I mean that that in itself, I mean that's that's a tribute to 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 them. And like I said, the offensive line, man, I mean, look, they they, they did what they could protection wise until the Bengals started blitzing, and then the Chiefs tried to chip a little bit to answer. And then they, you know, at that point, Mahomes had to take off a couple times. But from where that offensive line was a week ago, and at various points in the season, and to be as one dimensional as they ended up having to be. Because of the ineffectiveness they were going to have against the defensive tackles for Cincinnati, like there was, each person stepped up in their own way, and I don't think it all had to deal with the Cincinnati mayor or Borough Head or whatever you know motivation that they got. It was, uh, yeah, they they all, I mean, they all earned their Super Bowl trip.
1: Yeah, I still, I agree. I, I think. You know, Joe Burrow was asked about it and said, yeah, this is what makes football fun when, when that talking about all the chirping, the Burrow comments, all that kind of stuff. And it does, that kind of stuff is great for, you know, those of us in the media and fans to kind of talk about it. It, it almost reminds me of like Muhammad Ali and, and, you know, the, the pre fight smack talk, um, you know, and stuff like that to kind of drive uh, drive interest and engagement. But it, when, when they lined up at 540 and they kicked off, like none of that stuff mattered, you know, none of that stuff is why the Chiefs won, but uh, it did provide an all time great soundbite from Travis Kelsey when he yelled to the Cincinnati mayor, Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good moment. Uh, that was a lot of fun for everyone in Arrowhead um, and me, frankly, Nick Jacobs. Um, I'm going to use that. Know your role and shut your mouth. Um, um, I mean, not on me. You're not going to but I mean... You can use I'm, it. We'll, we'll so see, fun. sir. We'll
0: see. <laughs> Alright. Um, Calm down, Rock. <laughs> this isn't the Royal Rumble, okay? <laughs> We're not setting up a promo for Wrestlemania. Simmer down
1: down now, um, but I, look, I just thought I, I, um, I think it did. I, this is obviously not the. I mean, the Chiefs and Bengals are going to play again next year because they both won their division. Uh, I think they're going to play a lot uh, down the road. I, I don't know if the Bengals are going to be as chirpy, um, you know, now that now that the Chiefs have have popped them back in the mouth at least once. I don't um, know. I still think they will be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they might be. I mean, but you also got to remember, I, I mean, there's there's uh they got to start paying the piper with with respect to some of the guys on their roster uh this off season and moving forward it's going to be hard to keep that same group around it'll be interesting to see and look I, the the Tyler Boyd injury i think was a big one too we talked a lot yeah. about the chiefs injuries but losing Tyler Boyd made it i thought made a big big difference cuz he oh, was it, a guy who yeah. made a lot of plays on third down um but i i you know The I think we Patrick Mahomes showed this year that it doesn't really matter who you have around him, because I don't think he's got any great wide receivers right now. I'm Like Tyree kill, I think is a future Hall of Famer. I'm not sure there's a future Hall of Famer at the wide receiver position on this roster. I'm not even sure there's a guy you could make a strong case for being on, on anywhere near that kind of trajectory. Um and you know, but but Mahomes can just do some things that other guys can't do. He's a unicorn. We've been saying it for years, but he's a unicorn and he keeps showing it. Uh, and and Brian Cook had a great line when I, I was talking to him after the game, and he, he he said he said he said, Look, Pat showed everybody we was all about. He and then he corrected himself. He said, he said, he said, he reminded everybody who he is. Um and the question that is going to be answered in the next couple of years is: Is Joe Burrow really on that level? Because I don't—they're not going to be able to keep T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and Hayden Hurst and Tyler. The, the the band's going to break up. They're going to lose guys, just like the Chiefs have through the years. Okay, can Joe Burrow continue to elevate when when his bank account is a little bit fatter, but the skill level at his you know around him is a little bit diminished? We'll find out. We'll find out if if he can really elevate this to a Brady versus Manning type thing, or whether he's just going to be another guy um, that once came for the throne and uh, you know, and ultimately could not quite snatch it away from Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, and that, and that I mean, look, I mean, in my opinion, Mahomes Burrow is going to be, it's going to be the nice Manning Brady. Like, I mean, that's that's what that's going to be as long as those two guys are healthy, they're going to be a primetime game on Sunday or Monday night or that Thursday night to kick off the season. If they both have the success that they're capable of as teams, like that's, that's just going to be a part of uh, a part of that. Hopefully a, a, a decade's worth of great matchups between the two of those quarterbacks. So, and that aspect of it, like, I mean, this, you know, like the, this isn't the end of the Bengals, you know, trying to take the chief's throne or whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're going to – I fully expect them to be back in a position next year to be able to do that. I mean, because let's be honest, like you said, with Tyler Boyd being out, that took away so much of their middle of the field that they were able to exploit. And so you just – at that point, you're like, okay, we can double chase every play now, try to figure out if we need to double T Higgins, and then, you know, try to go from there mentally is what they're thinking in their minds probably – and then they adjusted accordingly to there. But yeah, not having that third receiver made a huge difference for what Bengals offense could do. And obviously, like I said, not having a three offensive linemen, that hurt as well. So, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if Cincinnati's not telling themselves, hey, if we had Boyd and we had a healthy O line, we come out of there with a comfortable victory. But then the other part that they're just, they're not giving proper credit to is, hey, if Mahomes is 100% healthy, that game's probably not the same way, you know, the same way either. So, right. I mean, like, you know, Mahomes would have been as limited, probably would have had some more legendary plays. And, like, you know, but, I mean, th- this is, like you said earlier, Mahomes doing what he did today with everybody knowing where his ankle was at and some of the pain he was going through visibly that you could see on television or people that were there in person. Like, that built that legacy and that legend for him, to this this tough physical and mental guy to to grit through it to come back from the high ankle sprain, lead his team to the Super Bowl, all those, all that stuff you add on to his legacy and that aspect to it. But I mean, we'll like you said, we'll talk about it in, the, in the weeks ahead on the podcast. But like this game, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but I mean, like this is this is a game where like Mahomes kind of, if he gets that second Super Bowl win, like that locks in, like that's that cements him for quite some time as yeah. you know, one of the great quarterbacks. In this era, because there's you know not every quarterback wins two Super Bowls, so you know being able to do that's going to be huge for him. The I mean, chance, and for Andy Reid to be able to go against Philadelphia, for Brett Vicio against Philadelphia, for Steve Spagnuolo go against Philadelphia, Eric Bieniemy, Greg Lewis, guys, um, you can throw Donovan in there too, but he won't be coaching or on the field. Um, but I mean, He's you know, that, fighting in the press box though. I don't know. I mean, he might be observing in the press box. I don't know. it <laughs> doesn't seem like the fighting type. Um, yeah. And that's not meant as a knock. It's just he's a businessman, you know. Handles fair. business. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, as he should. Like he'll, you know, if he needs a box with his words, maybe that's how he goes about it. And really, verbal sparring. <laughs> but anyways, um, no, it's just like this is Andy put a lot of time into Philadelphia, and you know it didn't. End well, and 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 so like I mean, you know this is this is going to be really intriguing to see how how this Super Bowl ends up going with with the history that's there, and then obviously obviously on the other end with Nick Sirianni and him formally being a part of Todd Haley's staff when he was here in Kansas Who? City. What? Who? Oh, you're talking about Todd Haley? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But anyways, yeah, I mean with with Nick Sirianni, and I can't remember if, if Dino is still their secondary's coach because he was with Kansas City a couple of years ago before they let him leave with Doug, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just all that. It, it's going to be really intriguing. I'm, and, and I'm kind of glad. I'm glad if it ends up working out in a win aspect of it that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes got the redemption they needed or wanted a season later against the Bengals. And then if this kind of helps... Give that ultimate closure where Andy Reid goes out and wins the Super Bowl with the Eagles, then I, I you know, it'll be it'll be really cool to see in that regard because Andy Reid totally deserves it with everything he's done for this franchise and that franchise in Philly. Like I mean, you you, you want to see that guy leave, uh, be able to leave no doubt about where he is in terms of the fantastic coaches that are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's funny to think about it. If Mahomes and the Chiefs can win this, he'll have already matched Peyton Manning for Super Bowl titles, man yeah. um, which is is nutty to think about. Um, you know, but one thing that you mentioned earlier that I, I, I want to circle back to, you talked about the value for the rookies, you know, getting this experience, understanding what it takes to get to this point, stuff like that. You've got to feel great for a guy like Carlos Dunlap, who's a thirteen year right. NFL veteran, had never even won a playoff game until last week. Right. But he signed with the chiefs and he came to the chiefs this year for this opportunity. Um, you know, and he's going to get that chance. Uh, yeah. And you talk about Andy Reed and, and, and his time with the Eagles and stuff like that. I promise you not that guys need extra motivation or, or anything to lock in and stuff like that, but those guys love Andy in that locker room and those guys know what, Playing against the Eagles will mean to him. Those guys are going to play their guts out for Andy Reid. I really believe that. And and on top of that, like the Chiefs know what it's like to win a Super Bowl, but a year later they also found out what it's like to lose a Super Bowl, and then they found out what it's like to come up short. And I think they understand because of that ex- that experience the last couple of years. I think they understand you know, more than any team in the NFL right now, um, you know, how precious these moments are, uh, how rare these opportunities are, how hard it is to to put yourself in this position and how you can't afford to let it slip. You know, I mean, and we all kind of know the way you know things just kind of unraveled from an injury standpoint and off the field before Super Bowl 55, you know, and, and the 31-9 debacle against Tampa Bay. I think this team's going to be locked in, and I think um, there's a good chance that there's going to be a lot of chatter about how, you know, the Chiefs, they're going to struggle to stop the run. Do they have, you know, do they have any answers for, you know, A.J. Brown and, and Hurts and, and all this stuff? Uh, and I, I hope that a lot of people pick against them. <laughs> Because I think the Chiefs will feed off that. I I hope that it becomes trendy for people to be like, oh, this yeah, that the, the Eagles are the are the trendy pick. Because I think that'll just irritate the Chiefs a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, I it'll it depends on what's said by the opponent. So I mean that'll that'll play a big part into that. Cause with the...
1: I just hope like the national media is just on the Eagles.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I think that'll I think that'll be possible. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, I mean for Carlos Dunlap to get. Not only his first postseason win, but then also to play in a championship game, be part of a winning team of a championship game, and get to play in a Super Bowl now. Like you, he, hey, he signed up for what what he dreamed of happening, and it happened. Right. And Juju Smith-Schuster, I, I believe that was last week. Was the first postseason game he'd won, if I remember correctly. And probably, I think I think that's what he said in, at the podium this week. And I, I was yeah, thinking, about, I was like, oh wow, one guy. Okay. Yeah, because he's been in the league five years already. You're just not used to, you know, something like that with with, with the organization he's part of with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, I mean that all that combined, a uh, it'll it'll it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what happens, but I, I'm kind of also hoping what Mahomes' performance did tonight. I'm hoping that that lets some of the veteran players from around the league that are kind of. You know, should I should I sign with the Chiefs on a one-year deal down the road here? Or should I do this or do that? Do I really want to go chase that ring? I, I'm hoping that kinda was like its own little four-hour sales pitch about why you should join the Kansas City Chiefs, because hey, they've been to five already. You can come apart and help make it six.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be accused of tampering or anything, but I also, I also hope it, you know.
0: Well, you'd have to be part of an NFL organization. Right. I know it was, it, it was
1: meant to, be, it was meant to be a joke, sir. But I remember a certain <laughs> NFL wide receiver, or Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, who was once considered the the best player in the game, and then um, he decided he wanted to go chase the ring with New England. Um, you know, and I'm just saying, if Justin Jefferson decides he wants to go play for, a, you know an elite NFL quarterback um, and chase a ring. Um, I think that um, he would be a welcome addition to the chiefs roster in a few years down the road. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I, I want to speak it into existence now, uh, but I also, one other thing, speaking of wide receivers, one other thing I wanted to highlight was if you remember early in the week, the Bengals did a really petty, petty thing. Um, the chiefs were trying to create space for Jody Fortson or Cl- Clyde edwards Soler. It ended up being Fortson. So they waive Chris Lemons, who is their had their most special team snaps of, of anybody uh, on the Chiefs this season. And I think it was pretty transparent that the idea, and Andy said, you know, Veach had a plan there. It's pretty transparent. The idea was bring him back on the practice squad, use a standard elevation the next couple weeks, sneak him through, you know, and, and, and keep him around that way. And instead, the Bengals, in, in what I found to be a, a little bit of a petty move of gamesmanship, put in a waiver claim for Chris Lemans, effectively ending his season. But in doing so, that pretty much forced the Chiefs to activate Marcus Kemp. And they ended up needing a receiver because they were down four when Tony Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster were all hurt and Justin Watson was inactive. And he ended up having, uh, you know, uh, Kemp did what he normally does on special teams and had a big 13-yard catch late in the game. And I was just kind of cracking up at the way that it worked out, you know. Um, and, and Marcus Kemp's journey with the Chiefs kind of coming full circle and now heading back to another Super Bowl. Uh, you got He's a great guy, and it was great to see um, that it worked out the way that it should have for Marcus Kemp there.
0: Yeah, well, and then, like, you are talking special teams there, I mean, for Sky Moore to get the redemption that he did with the with the crucial return that he had that helped kind of set up that game-winning field goal, and for Harrison Bucker and Tommy Townsend and James Winchester and their mechanics on the snaps and how consistent they've been in the playoffs on field goals and extra points. I mean, that was another redemption thing where yeah. you know Dave, you know Dave Tubbs
1: kind of he's gonna gonna throw Take- it a little bit out there around there uh, now about it. Oh, he he he! So he came up the tunnel after the ceremony, and and yeah. we were, we were already down there waiting to go to the locker room, and and Dave Tobe made a made a point to come over to the kid, you know, the, the local media contingent and a group of beat writers that that were over there and and uh, and uh, mention how about that Sky Moore punt return? <laughs> but I talked to Sky after the game, and and he said that he said he said, look. I had to remind myself who I was and why I was there and that I was trying something new and I was going to take bumps and bruises doing it. Right. He's, but he said that Dave Tobe and assistant special teams coach Andy Hill, uh, who's a wonderful guy, got to know him back when he was an assistant at Mizzou for years, he said those two guys just kept encouraging him and kept throwing him back here, kept making him practice and stuff like that. But he admitted, he's, he's like, dude, I was like fifth on the, the depth chart. He goes, I didn't think I was going to return another punt this season. He yeah. said, but you know, when Tony was already out and Watson was out and McDuffie hasn't actually been practicing, um, you know, returns, he said, then when McColl goes down, I knew it was my turn, but he wasn't scared and he went back there and he, he just did it with confidence, tried not to think about, um, you know, the, the issues he'd had before and uh, and, you know, and he made arguably the biggest play of the game, um, you know, cause you know, you don't want that to come down to a coin flip in overtime and for the defense to have to make another play again. So, um, you know, that flipped the field and really changed what the Chiefs were able to do on, on that drive with 30 seconds. Um, and, and it was huge, man. It was huge. Absolutely huge.
0: Yeah, and one of the, I would say one of the final points that I probably, that I probably really have is that, I just, I don't know, I find it, I'm curious what Tyree Hill's thinking right now. <laughs> And uh, with them with <laughs> going back to another Super Bowl, I'm curious what he's thinking. And um, I'm, I'm also just kind of curious what the rest of the AFC West and the AFC is thinking as well. Like the bills were like, Hey, we went out and did all these things. So, and we, and we lost to the Bengals and didn't even get the chance to play the chiefs or, you know, and they're sitting at home a, two weeks earlier than they wanted to be. And for the AFC West to, to bring it the way that they did, and for this to be a reloading type of year or rebuilding type of year as it had been hinted by various people that the Chiefs would take a step back and all that type of stuff, and and you know, and and you know, ha- for them to have the doubts that they dealt with, that they had and everything, and just the roster construction that they put together where people doubted the construction that, or the puzzle pieces the way they were putting them together. For the Chiefs to potentially, quote-unquote, be in a rebuilding year and go back to a Super Bowl, like, I mean... I'm I, you know, I, I I wish a lot of home renovation projects could could be go could go that swimmingly. And you know, Brett Beach, obviously him talking up there at the podium and everything, and you know, mentioning about it and the plan and everything and 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 staying true to it and that aspect of it. I mean, that's that's another part of this giving people their recognition or their due that they deserve. I mean, you know, the chief's front office is another aspect of that that deserves that due to make a tough decision on Tyreek Hill and then go out and draft all those players and all of them have those rookies and have them and the veterans that they signed to all have key moments. You know, Valdez Scantling signing him after they trade Tyreek has, you know, some crucial moments in that playoff game. Juju, you know, this past season and then all those rookies and, and just how far Pacheco's come and, you know, just all that stuff combined. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. It's just fascinating to see. And I'll be curious to see Regardless of how the Super Bowl goes, I'm going to be really curious to see what what it, what it this roster potentially looks like next year when they try to, you know, hopefully try to go back again.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's worth also pointing out, you know, I mean, this is a front office that lost Ryan Poles to a GM job to the Bears, you know. But you look at the job they did in the draft, uh, yeah, Brett Beach deserves an awful, awful lot of credit, um, and I think the Chiefs are very lucky. But it also highlights, you know, we talked in 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 the past during the off season. You know, I joke about the Chiefs signing Justin Jefferson. If if in a rebuilding year the Chiefs can be sixteen and three, tied with the Eagles for the best record in the NFL and heading back to a Super Bowl, um, I think there's going to be a chance for one of those for one of those years, like when Brady and Moss hooked up, and were it not for Spagnuolo um, and the New York Giants and the helmet catch from. Eli Manning to David Tyree, you might be, uh, you know, you you might've had an undefeated season there with Tom Brady, and the Patriots. I think that there will be a time the chiefs have that opportunity and and boy, that's going to be special too. But uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll worry about that down the road. We'll focus instead, um, you know, on the Eagles um, and, uh, and this opportunity before them in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah. We got, don't worry. We got plenty of time. You know, two whole
1: weeks. I feel like it. I I feel like the week after the AFC Championship games, and then you know, like the the thirteen days before you get to Super Bowl Sunday, is just the longest stretch of the NFL calendar, man.
0: Well, don't worry about it, Todd, because the Pro Bowl will have its skills challenge. We can watch the East-West Shrine game, and then the Senior Bowls this weekend as well. So I mean. You got all. I look forward to seeing how Joe stuff. Burrow
1: does uh in that seven on seven competition. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I mean, like, so he'll will they call it Burrowhead West?
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's almost well. It is three almost three thirty in the morning, and I've yeah I've been up since
1: six a.m. So. at Burrowhead West. By the way, I was very proud of myself. Um, I you know I I said uh, you know. Joe added an L to his name so he he came to burrowhead uh as Joe Burrow and he leaves as Joel cuz we got to tack on a big old L on the end of that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean at least, at least you tried. <laughs> at least you tried, Todd. You're just mad you didn't think of it first, Nick. I promise you that's not it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, um
1: um Uh, I just uh, last thing I want to do is acknowledge. Uh, Teres Peller would have turned 39 yesterday. Um, and uh, I would have loved to hear him laugh about the fifth down and and (laughs) some of the stuff that happened in that game. So,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think think, when you say the word fifth down, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that conjures up the type of memories that of what happened on the, on the field today with viciany Oh, the other thing I will say, um, somebody somebody else, obviously, other than thinking about Torres this weekend and you know, what would have been his 39th birthday. Um, yes, the the other part is a, a guy I, I personally I felt bad for was Joseph Asai on the Bengals. He was like just how torn up he was about it, and you could tell how guilty he felt about that moment in time when he pushed Mahomes out of bounds and got a, you know, roughing the pass or a late hit or whatever they or whatever they end up calling. It. I can't remember. I knew it was going to be 15 either way, but just how devastated he was and how I, I can tell he felt like he let his teammates down, let his team down. And then, you know, in the locker room, he handled the questions and did the best he could. And thankfully, he had a teammate there to kind of help, kind of shield, with, I believe it was B.J. Hill that kind of helped shield that. To a yeah. certain extent, so I don't know. I mean, I just I hope that guy gets to a good. I hope Asai gets a good place to where he understands that there were a lot of other a lot of other plays in that game that didn't. It's not his fault. He isn't the sole reason they're not going to the Super Bowl. Like I, I just right. hope he kind of mm-hmm. uh, accepts that, and I hope and I really hope that Bengals fans don't try to don't try to blame him for it. But I I got a feeling there will be a pocket that will no matter what.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to hope for that young man that he can treat that moment much like Chris Jones tweeted or treated, you know, last year, not being able to get the sack in a crucial moment against Joe Burrow, um, you know, use his motivation, you know, use it as a way to challenge yourself. And and, uh, you know, and uh, hey, by the way, congratulations to Chris Jones, who uh, got not one but two sacks Um in this one after not having any of his first 11 career postseason games. When I asked about it afterwards, he said that y'all, meaning the media, make a much bigger deal about it. Um, but then, like, as he finished that up, he, he said something about not having any sacks in 11 games. And I was like, I was like, see, he knows exactly, exactly what that was. Like, I know he's not out there stat chasing, but uh, it's got to feel good that he won't ever have to answer questions about why he doesn't have a postseason sack again,
0: yeah and he also like he posted stuff on social media during the spring and summer like right. he brought it up a couple times like the 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 me the media never would have brought it up if he didn't put it out there like that to try to find the meaning behind it so I mean like yeah, I mean you could whatever I'm just gonna say whatever to that
1: yeah no 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 I mean like I thought it was uh uh look um chris and i exchanged some some uh some smiles back and forth uh at me <laughs> you know? i just
0: I, I wonder i wondered at the time when i saw the two teddy bears on his shirt yeah. i just wondered if that was based on the amount of sacks that he had against burrow since it was it his.
1: was yeah yeah I, that's that was my that is my assumption is that it was one teddy bear two teddy bear
0: so I wonder how many teddy bears he had in his locker for <laughs> depending on how the game went.
1: Yeah, four just in case. So although it is there, maybe he's got to have, you know, 6 7 if he's going after DT's record.
0: Yeah. Well, Todd, yeah. I'm tired.
1: Yeah, uh hey, well, let's let's wrap this up before 3:20. So uh Nick, I appreciate your time. Um look forward to your work this week on the road to Arizona shows. Um And, uh, you know, for the rest of you guys, get some sleep and take care, kids.